Welcome to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and also the founder of Alzheimer Speaks. For those of you that are new to our show, I'll just uh, give people a little background because we're always getting new listeners as to who the heck Alzheimer Speaks is and what it is we do. Bottom line, we're an advocacy company, um, and we provide multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. We have a blog, we have a a website. Um, we do dementia chats, which are webinar interviews with experts. And all of my experts on dementia chats actually are diagnosed and living with the disease. Um, we work a lot with memory cafes and dementia-friendly communities and all kinds of fun things, along with uh, training and speaking and consulting. So uh, that's us in a nutshell. Um, today we are really going to be, um, having a lot of fun. We are, we're going to have a yoga expert with us and we're going to learn about chair yoga. Um, but before I go there, I also wanted to share with you a little bit about our thoughts here on the show. Um, we truly believe on the radio that it's all about sharing information and knowledge. And so today we're going to be, um, talking with, uh, Stacy on yoga, but you know, tomorrow we might be talking with a person who has dementia. We might be talking with a research center. Uh, maybe we're going to be talking with a care partner or business professional. We truly believe it takes all of our voices to shift our dementia care culture. And one of the easiest ways to do that, I think, is by sharing our stories. And so that's why I love my job. It's uh, it's very, very fun. At our core here at Alzheimer Speaks, we believe collaboration is really the only way that we're going to be able to battle this disease. And I know it's working thanks to all of you. You see, your likes, your clicks, your shares have had a huge impact. When you have shared our information, if it comes from our website or our radio show, our video chats, our blog, whatever it might be, you are putting and pushing information out into the world about dementia and caregiving. And all of us have spheres of influences, and many people in those spheres are dealing with dementia, and yet this is still a very um, kind of in-the-closet disease. And so the more we can, we can push information out there, the easier it's going to be for someone to grab it when they need it. So again, thank you so much, because, because of your work in terms of sharing with your Facebook friends, your Twitter tribes, your, your Google um, guys and gals, your Pinterest peeps, your LinkedIn colleagues, no matter what sphere it is, um, you got us named the number one influencer online, according to ShareCare and Dr. Oz. And also we were recognized by Maria Shriver as an architect of change for humanity. And again, we don't take that lightly, and we know that that is not um, only ours. That that belongs to everybody in our community. So I just want you to know that. And if you think you've got a story that needs to be heard um, or information you want to share, please reach out to me. Just go to alzheimerspeaks.com. There's a big contact button. 
um, on the top in the header and just click on that and you can call me or email me or you know shoot me something on Twitter uh, or Facebook as well. So today we are going to be talking with uh, Stacy Doric and she is um, she was born a vegetarian and she was raised up on yoga and um, she is now teaching yoga and has been since 19. 19- 94. She is the author of a book called Sunlight uh, Chair Yoga, Yoga for Everyone. And um, I'm, I'm really excited about this. She also has books and DVDs that she's created on her Sunlight Chair Yoga process. And um, I'm, I'm um, like I said, I'm really excited about this because I, I believe in yoga and meditation. I probably don't do it quite as much as I should. Um, probably don't practice as much as Stacy does, but maybe she'll be able to give me some helpful hints to get me back on track because I used to um, in in my past life there. Um, Stacy now teaches for assisted living homes and companies, libraries, community centers, all in the Bay uh, Area in California. And um, like I said, I'm just really excited to have this conversation with her today. So welcome, Mindy. Thank you. Or I said Mindy, Stacy. Here I go. Stacy, Stacy. <laughs> that's okay. And this is a show I'm about dementia. Be... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Stacy, I actually have a few yoga names anyway. Yep. It's okay. Oh, nice, too funny. Uh, nice to be on the show with you. Well, good. I'm multitasking. I apologize. So I have, <laughs> no problem. I have Mindy's name right in front of me here. <laughs> so that... that's okay. I did not have Mindy, but that's okay. <laughs> Well, as you can hear, listeners, we're very casual around here, and uh, we're not going to cut that out because that's just real-life stuff that happens. Um, Stacy, can you tell our audience, I always like to ask people first off, um, if you have been um, afflicted with this disease hitting your, your circle of friends or family? Uh, yes. Um, unfortunately, my mother's mother, my nana, had it, and passed away from Alzheimer's when I was around seven years old. So when I was, I don't know, maybe around three or four years old is when she probably first had it. And I was very young, so the memories I have was watching her eventually end up in an assisted living home. And by the end, she didn't know who we were when we visited as the grandkids. So my my, uh, grandmother had it, my nana. And unfortunately, I, my, my mother also got diagnosed with it last year, about a year and a half ago at age 71. So she now has it as well. So it is very close in and very close in in my own family. But I was already teaching chair yoga before my mother's diagnosis last year to people with Alzheimer's and dementia at assisted living homes and training yoga teachers how to do the same work in chairs or not in chairs, but offering the benefits, lifestyle and yoga and meditation. But it definitely as a, a home family, it's in my family. So this is a, a, an issue for me that I want to help others with beyond just teaching yoga Okay, for people with dementia or caregivers. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that. It always just gives our, our listeners and myself a, more of a base of who you are and uh, why you're doing what you're doing. And uh, it's amazing how many people have been touched by dementia um, <clears throat> in their own spheres and things. Um, can you tell our audience, you know, what's the difference between regular yoga and, and chair yoga? And I've, I've heard there's all different types of yoga. So maybe you can 
kind of help us out with uh, the differentiation between the different types and then specifically chair yoga itself? Sure. Well, just to start with the broad word, the word yoga means to unite, to connect, to mm-hmm. join. And it really is um, a spiritual explanation. This connection is not just the brain and body or the mind and body, but when originally the word yoga from over 6,000 years ago, they're talking about this union of our true self, our individual soul, our true self, with all that exists in the universe, nature, other people, animals, we're all connected. So the merging of our truth, our who we are, with all that is, is yoga. So the postures is often what now people think of as yoga, the physical exercise and pose. But that's not yoga in itself. It's just a small part of it. But when you ask what different types of yoga, usually people are referring to different types of yoga postures and classes and exercise and what type would be best for someone with Alzheimer's or dementia or a caregiver. But the word yoga in general is union, connection. And that can happen from how we think, how we eat, how we interact, how we exercise. It's not just the poses. But Mm -hmm. when I say chair yoga, that is kind of referring to, in in part, a big part of it is the yoga posture. Chair yoga really is no different than any yoga. The only difference is there's a chair. So that if people can't get on the ground or they're in a wheelchair, They can practice and get all the benefits of the breathing, the meditation, the postures adapted in a way that's safe, that they can do it seated or maybe standing using the chair for support, for balance. So really, it's not a new kind of yoga. It's not different yoga. It's just using yoga in a way that's effective for all of us, no matter where we are. And the prop of a chair isn't just for someone who's a senior or limited mobility or has Um, dementia or in a wheelchair, but it might be useful for caregivers or people who just have five minutes to practice outside on a park bench or in their office or at home, and they're not going to have time to get a yoga mat and get down on the ground or change clothes to do a full hour practice without a chair. So it's, I say it's helpful for quote limitations, unquote, for time, for physical or mental ability various reasons but chair yoga basically is yoga the practice of yoga which is postures positive thinking meditation vegetarian healthy eating all of that but the part what we call chair yoga is the what we can adapt using a prop a chair so that people who couldn't get on the ground and practice otherwise can comfortably and safely practice so that's kind of in a nutshell what chair yoga is. But we use the word chair yoga as a very quick way for people to see, oh, I can do this practice because I don't have to get on the ground. If people see yoga, they might be intimidated and think, forget it, I can't do it. I'm not in shape. I've had injuries. I've had a knee surgery. I've had a hip replacement or my mother or grandmother who's in a wheelchair with perhaps a later stage illness or Alzheimer's, forget it. They're not going to be able to get on the mat and they think they can't practice. But when they see chair yoga, oh, wait a minute, we can do this. They're already in a chair or we can do this seated. So it's a really way that just educates people that there's this prop called the chair to make it accessible for everyone, regardless of physical or mental ability. Wonderful. So it's nice to know that um, the yoga is adaptable um, to those who may need it for physical reasons. But Yet it it isn't um, discriminatory that if you're in the chair, you've got some type of of disability or um, struggle. 
that you can't do normal yoga. I mean, like you said, you can use it maybe at work, you know, just uh, you just have yes. a few minutes or you're you're in the car or on a park bench or whatever. So anybody can use this. So that's that's wonderful to know. Um, can you or on an air, mm-hmm. even on an airplane, there's so many for all of us, for all ages, all conditions, there's always quick breathing techniques or meditation techniques you can do sitting in a chair, even on an airplane or in a public place, people won't even know you're doing it. If you need to get clear, get focused, help ease anxiety, mm-hmm. keep yourself energy. There's tons of different wonderful breathing and meditation techniques for, for various benefits. So it's really can be practical. It's not just getting a yoga mat and doing an hour and a half practice in a studio or like we see sometimes in a yoga video, but there's, it's a practical way you can do it anywhere, anytime, no matter what your condition, mental or physical, no matter what you're wearing, no matter where you are, there's always a practice you can do. Um, And actually there was a yoga master, Krishnamacharya, that has a famous quote and he says, if you can breathe, you can do yoga. And it's very true. Okay. Why don't you tell us some of the benefits about chair yoga? Okay. Just, um, just like yoga, since your chair yoga is yoga, the benefits are numerous and unbelievably um, useful for practical day-to-day life as well as longer term. So the benefits range from physically, it helps increase mobility and flexibility because you're doing postures that stretch the muscles some strengthen, but in terms of the movement and the stretching, you're keeping the joints mobile. The yogis say are, if you, there's a, a famous analogy that the Shivananda tradition talks about, that if you think of a car, you have to put oil in it and you have to put gas in it for the car to run. So if we think of our physical body as a vehicle, we have to do the same and we have to move and exercise and keep our joints lubricated for mobility, especially as we're aging. So yoga helps keep your mobility just by practicing even a few minutes a day. It keeps your joints more easeful, feeling better. And there's been numerous studies as well um, showing how yoga is so beneficial physically for the physical health. There was even a recent study that came out, I believe, at a Florida Atlantic University that uh, Christine Lee, I know, was teaching chair yoga at that talked about the benefits for osteoarthritis, how their pain decreased and other symptoms were relieved from the physical posture. So there's so many benefits. If you're seated, it's increased flexibility. It helps your circulation. You're moving just like any exercise. It can give you energy because you're moving the body, getting the blood flowing, and you feel more energized after, which can help you feel more alert mentally as well. But physically, you can also strengthen the body. Now, if you're doing standing postures to strengthen the legs and the body, you can hold on to a chair if you need support for balance so that it's safe if you're not comfortable doing postures without a chair, but you can actually, and this surprises people when I start teaching chair yoga to people who are new to it, but you can strengthen your body even seated in a chair. You can actually, pretty amazing, you can strengthen and stretch and create flexibility and mobility just as you would on the floor or standing in a chair. There's ways to pretty much work every muscle, every joint, just getting a little creative and adapting the traditional poses so that you can still move your body, get the blood flowing, get the energy flowing, even if you're seated. So it's extremely beneficial physically. And it can also reduce fatigue and dullness. If you're sitting a lot or in a wheelchair, the movement and the exercise, moving, not just exercise and yoga exercise is actually conscious movement with breath. 
So it does incorporate the mind and the focus. So it's very connected. It's hard to just talk about the physical benefits because it really connects to the mental. You get energy and clarity, but that could be physiological from getting the exercise and movement, but it is also mental because you're concentrating and in a meditative state, inhaling, exhale, focusing on the movement and breath. So it's all connected. And, and the I'm kind of flowing into how it helps emotionally and mentally, but the yoga postures can keep your, calm your nervous system by breathing slower, physiological, calming response, moving slow with breath, conscious movement. So it actually calms your mental anxiety, but physi- physiologically can calm your nervous system. And then that in turn can also relax your muscles. And there are specific relaxation poses. They're not all active. So the benefits are strength building, increasing flexibility, increasing circulation, increasing mobility, but it also increases your relaxation response. Wonderful. So it's quite, quite unbelievable. And there's a lot of research studies now, um, maybe not a lot relative to other studies, but there are studies now showing the benefits of yoga and even specifically studies showing the benefits physically, physically and mentally for people with Alzheimer's and dementia, as well as their caregivers. Okay. Um, that was going to lead me kind of to my next question in terms of helping those that are aging or, or with dementia. Can you, can you talk to some of those specifics from the study and what it has shown? Yes. And there's been numerous ones. There's been a study done by the Alzheimer's um, prevention, the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation based out of Tucson, Arizona with Dr. Dharma Singh. Mm-hmm. And they actually have done a study specifically with Alzheimer's patients showing that Kirtan Kriya from Kundalini Yoga, which is an exercise involving hand movement called mudra, you're touching from the first finger, middle finger in a specific pattern with a chant, with a sound, part out loud, part whisper, part quiet, with a specific visualization, a spatial visualization of a, a focal point that they showed via research-based study that it actually slowed memory loss for Alzheimer's patients, which is wonderful to have this research. I was so happy when this organization did this because for years I was teaching yoga to Alzheimer's patients and seniors and, and seeing the benefits. They would tell me, I'm, I, I love that chant. I love this um, exercise. I do it all the time. It makes me calm down or when I can't sleep or it helps me think clear. So I've been hearing it firsthand just from teaching seniors for so long. But then when they did the study, when medical research backs it up, it's, it's nice. And they actually proved it via research showing with, I believe it was spec scans. And they practiced, I believe, 20 minutes a day for, for this Kirtan Kriya. And, and, they, and they show that how it helps clarity. But there's been other studies as well, aside from this organization, showing the benefits, not just slowing memory loss, but there's been other benefits in improving their just overall well-being. There was a study done in, in the United Kingdom about it, for, not just for the, for the people practicing the yoga and movement, but also for the caregivers. And they were saying that they felt better. They were also feeling less depressed and less anxious because it helps yoga and meditation and focusing helps you deal with stress better. Mm-hmm. And there's the science behind it of how it can actually keeping the stress lower. Can, there was a study done that it shows like less inflammation in the brain and keeps the 
the physiological body response healthier with less stress, but then there's also the mental and emotional benefit. Mm-hmm. And, and there is one other benefit to, to these practices. If you're doing yoga in a group, in a, in a, in a community center, at a YMCA, at a senior home, at a assisted living home, there's a social benefit. You're connecting with people. For various reasons, if people aren't around getting out and leaving their room or their home, but they can attend a class, or have a caregiver or a loved one do practice with them, there's a social connection, which is healing in itself. So there's so many levels to why yoga and meditation are healing, from the, the physiological reason for the focusing of the mind and the brain and the physiological benefits to the social connection and benefits, learning and practicing with others. Okay. Well, wonderful. I, I'm so thankful for the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation um, yes. for doing that research. And uh, they are just so wonderful. Um, if you're looking for some holistic and alternative um, ways, uh, definitely check check them out um, regarding diet and exercise and mindfulness. And, um, and, and they're just wonderful people, wonderful, wonderful people. So, yeah. yeah. They, and I, I put a long time ago, I connected with that their organization because I was loving the work they did. So I put the whole Kirtan Kriya in their study in my first chair yoga book. And I have a, a whole section I talk about their study and how to teach this to senior homes and assisted living homes because it's such wonderful work. And that particular study was an exercise with meditation and focus of the mind and a chant and a hand movement. But on their website's wonderful, alzheimersprevention.org, but they also talk about um, exercise, not just yoga, as well as your diet and supplements. There's, they call it the four pillars for Alzheimer's prevention. And it's not just the focusing of the mind or concentration, but it's how you eat and how you exercise. Mm-hmm. They even have a section called spiritual fitness. So which, which they're showing that your spiritual or psycho-spiritual well-being can also reduce, reduce the risk of mild cognitive impairment and even Alzheimer's. So they're, they're doing really wonderful work. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and I know I've used their method myself, just kind of tested it out. It was, it was really uh-huh. easy to do and um, okay. so relaxing and powerful. Um, I, I really, really liked it a lot. So, um, and I was just thinking of the chair yoga cause I, you know, my job has now changed um, the last yep. few years and I just, sit my butt in a chair and work on the computer and talk on the phone most of the day. And I, um, right. you know, and I'm pushing 60 now, so I can feel where I've um, lost muscle. And I just, I mean, okay. I'm just not as strong. I mean, and I don't have even the, the fine motor skills, the strength you know, opening a jar. I'm like, when did this happen <laughs> You know, to me? And it's like, right. I, I have to do something. This is ridiculous. And, um, so I'm kind of liking this idea of learning more about the the chair yoga, just even for myself, and um, of course, I, and things. So I, I think that that's I, I like to the idea of not only becoming more, um, you know, mobile and flexible, but just the energy level and and building strength. You know that you were talking about as well as all of those things are so important to us and. Um, you just kind of realize, you know, what happened all of a sudden. It just, it seemed like it just happened one day, you know, it was like. Right, right. Well, there, and the beauty of the chair yoga is you don't need to say, okay, when I have time, I'll do my half hour practice. You can just turn away from the computer, sit tall in your chair and do a 
one-minute practice or 30-second practice or one spinal twist or mm-hmm. one reach your arms overhead and breathe a few slow breaths. Just even so simple can give you some energy and help you focus. And I even I call one pose desk downward dog where you kind of stand up at your desk, put your hands on the desk, and walk your feet back like a table shape, which okay. is kind of like a dog stretching out, but traditionally they do it from the ground. Yep. So I even suggest there's some quick poses you can do just at, at your at your desk and or even facing a wall you really don't even need a chair for quote chair yoga so there's there's definitely benefits to it and you don't need to wait till the body is so tense and tight that you have to that you're in pain or have an injury you have to do it it's kind of better ideally if you prevent that by just consistent a minute every few hours taking a break or or in the case of people who are in a wheelchair disabled they're not mobile and maybe every few hours they can do 10 minute practice in mm-hmm. their wheelchair. So it's beneficial for all of us, no matter what reason, because we're all, as we get older or even just from habits, we're going to get tension in our body, mental and physical. Mm-hmm. So yoga is helpful for all of us, all ages, all stages. Well, and that's, that's good to know. I mean, and you know, by building, you know, that strength and having that flexibility, I would imagine that it um, helps reduce uh, falls too, risk of falls. Definitely. There definitely does. And there, yeah, there was a group actually out of Washington State. They didn't do it as yoga or chair yoga. The study was done with chair exercise, but I, I took some of their workshops and it was actually identical to what I'm teaching with the chair yoga postures. And they prove that you can prevent falls with seniors from these specific chair exercises. So for sure, it, it's not just the physical strength of the muscle that I believe the falls were being prevented more, but I believe it's also the awareness of where your feet are as you're standing or walking, mm-hmm. feeling balance, mindfulness, awareness of how you're placing your feet. Yeah. So there's, I think there was twofold, although the study, I don't know if it shows specifically, it can't really show how, how, why they prevented the fall. It was part strength, but I believe the yoga brings so much balance awareness. And, and in the assisted living home classes, I've taught seniors, taking them have even told me how they've fallen and it brings fear in the body and panic. And they're afraid they're don't know how to get up or they're having a panic response from past falls. So if you can practice yoga in a, setting when you're not in panic mode and you're breathing and you're strengthening the body or for those that can get on the ground you can even practice getting up and down using a chair for support from the floor and that helps not just prevent falls but can kind of retrain the response in the brain and the mind to stay calm and use your slow breathing and get centered when you need the strength to get up perhaps from a fall so it's kind of twofold there I think. Okay, well, that's that's great information to know. I would imagine that yeah. uh, chair yoga and yoga in general can also be a great benefit to uh, family and care partners um, when yeah. they're when they're dealing because uh, the level of stress and it's important for care partners to be able to maintain their strength and their flexibility because a lot of times that other person is is relying on them. Their gait might be off or. You know, they're helping um, assist somebody out of a chair, you know, to stand up or or vice versa, um, all of those types of things. And, you know, we don't talk, I think, I don't think we talk as much as we should about caring for oneself. Um, but I would imagine that that's a pretty important factor as well. Yes, there's yoga, as I said, is beneficial for everyone, but specifically caregivers 
are might be physically helping their patients, lifting them in and out, perhaps a, a bed or wheelchair or assisting them in a car for doctor's appointments. So there's the physical where it would help caregivers to keep their body preventing injury from keeping their body flexible and strong and more mobile. But if it's a loved one that you're helping someone with watching and on the journey with them, supporting them, watching them go through dementia or Alzheimer's, there is the emotional component where yoga can help the caregiver to mm-hmm. help them ease anxiety, to ease stress, to stay centered, to use their breath, to learn to use their breath or perhaps a sound or mantra or physical exercise as a tool to keep them feeling more relaxed so their health can stay um, better and they can feel more vital and more grounded so that they can then in turn be a better caregiver because they have to also help their own health as a caregiver, of course, to help others. And often that um, does not happen because they're helping their loved one and their own health can start depleting or their own exercise practice is fading away. So it's really important for the caregiver as well to do this for mental and physical health. And the chariot that makes it so accessible because they can actually do it with their loved one. And then it's a benefit for both of them. They're both getting the benefit of the posture, the breathing, and it's an activity they can do together. And then it's helpful for both. And I know this firsthand because for the years, all these years teaching at assisted living homes, sometimes a daughter or son or, or husband or wife comes in to take the class with their loved one in the assisted living home setting. And sometimes they say, I'm going to just sit here, like kind of to watch their parents or partner do the practice. And I always say, no, please join in because I know it's good for them as well. And by the end, they're always, first, they think they're there to support their partner or parent to do the practice. But then by the end, they say, that was so good. That feels better. My back, my stress level, I needed that, which is why I suggest if people are um, helping their loved one, whether at the house, they can do it together just one-on-one or in a group setting they should join them in the class it's helpful for everyone really helpful well and, and the, then the thing i like too you know with this is that um they can do it together so they can do it together yeah. yeah and um and i would imagine I, I you know when i've taken yoga classes and i am um just a really very much a newbie at this um but when i have taken um yoga i mean everyone was so gracious about you know, teaching me because I wasn't wasn't perfect in my form and things like that. And I would right. I would imagine adaption is part of the practice too when you're dealing with uh, people with dementia or somebody who has some type of um, disability. You know, it's all about um, making them as able as possible to do the movements and yes. the poses. Yes, and the idea is to start where you are instead of focusing on what you can't do. Because at all stages, someone with Alzheimer's dementia or anyone, regardless of having a physical condition or not, at some point, we're all going to be changing, whether an injury or a temporary illness or a chronic illness or a time management issue or lost our physical exercise practice and need to go slower. We're all going to have to adapt. And every time we do yoga, we have to adjust to be appropriate to our condition that day for the maximum benefit. It's not just here's a yoga practice, do it every day. It's you have to modify so that your body's comfortable because of all ages and all stages of dementia, there could be other physical injuries going on separate from the dementia condition. You could have a, a shoulder surgery, a frozen shoulder, they have a back surgery. There's other things that they might have to adapt just for the physical 
conditions in itself. So it's not really a one-size-fit model that here's the chair yoga pose, everyone do it this way. But it's to adapt the yoga every time you do it for your own specific needs so that it's useful, it's helpful. Um, Swami Satchidananda, the guru of integral yoga, once said, I'll kind of paraphrase, but he was saying basically, let your yoga practice be like life. Use, useful, easeful, and peaceful. So it's kind of a nice way to think about it. So when you're, if you're sharing even a simple yoga pose or breathing exercise with your loved one as a caregiver or you're practicing yourself, you make it, if you make it gentle, simple, accessible, mm-hmm. you're more likely to do it. Often we say, oh, when I, when I have time or when I motivate or when I feel this injury, then I'll start my yoga or then I'll start my exercise mm-hmm. and I'll start. But then it often doesn't happen. It's kind of like a New Year's resolution right it might happen for a week and then they stop so I find if you make your goal smaller okay every day I'm just gonna do one minute of a chair yoga practice sitting in a chair doing a simple breathing exercise or a seated chair yoga sun salute to help my circulation then I find people are more likely to do it mm-hmm. it's simple practical and appropriate to what they can do physically or time-wise mm-hmm. and what I find is people feel so good doing the yoga practice they're more energized they're more vital, their body feels better, they're happier, less, less depression. Sometimes that's even just from changing the posture. People are feeling like they're kind of slumping over. Just doing some yoga seated back bends in a chair helps elevate your mood, you feel better. So people tend to want to do more than a minute a day. But you can make it practical. Say, I'll start one minute a day. Okay. Then, honestly, it feels good. Most people want to do more. But you can start small goals, I find, and definitely adapt every pose. If there's any pain, there should never be pain in the joint or in the muscle and make it comfortable, useful. But remember, too, yoga is not just posture. So everyone, regardless of physical movement or ability, can join in with breathing or the mental focus or the mantra, a chant, a sound. There's so much you can do regardless of even the poses. Mm -hmm. So everyone can practice. Everyone can practice. Well, and that's nice when you start out small and, and people feel... Um, positive that they were able to accomplish, like you said, then they, people are more likely to build on that and want to do more versus, oh, I couldn't, yes. I couldn't do it and then give up or yes. it was too hard or it was too painful. You know, um, you can really ease yourself into this, into this process and, and um, into your daily routine, Yeah, which is nice. Exactly. And, and yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask, is this something that, like, family members can teach their loved one and themselves, or do they have to sign up for a class, or, you know, how does that, how does that work? Um, because I know Def- Definitely, they can definitely teach their loved ones, which, again, would also benefit the loved one or caregiver to do it with them, but they can definitely teach them. They don't need to be a formal yoga teacher because they're not going out you know, to teach a public class, but if there's, they can definitely share some simple postures or do a video together. If they don't remember um, how to do the movements, they can learn it and then share it with their loved one. Um, I have some very simple chair yoga seated sun salute videos. It's like a minute of a chair yoga seated sun salute on my website and another seven minute practice and different videos you can do. But I also have a book and you can just also learn online or taking a local class in your area at a Y or community center. And once you learn a few simple poses, you definitely can do it on your own. The nice thing about a group class is the social connection and emotional benefit of being with other people. 
and learning with other people. And there's benefit to that, but you can for sure just show it to your parent or loved one or partner. Mm-hmm. And, and it motivates each other if you're doing it together as well. Okay. So for sure, you, you don't need a, you don't need a formal training. You don't even need to have ever done yoga or exercise before in your life to start. I, I find at the assisted living homes, I, I find that people first start age 90, 95. I've had quite a few students starting in the mid 90s just because they're there walking by. They see this group taking this chair yoga class and because they're in chairs, they see that we're sitting or standing using support of the chair. So they see, oh, I can do that. That's safe. So then eventually they'll join in and it's wonderful. Then they're taking yoga once a week. And even at age 95, starting a yoga practice, it's never too late. Okay. Never too late. Of course, the earlier you start, the better for preventing, preventing perhaps um, physical conditions or preventing there's potential to maybe prevent dementia with exercise and concentration and meditation as the Alzheimer's research and prevention org are studying. So the earlier you start, the better, but of course, at any age, any condition, it's always useful. Never too late. Okay. Start. Can you tell us, you know, are there like three easy steps that someone can do who's listening right now to, um, to just kind of, you know, revive the benefits of yoga and, you know, to, to get them started? Yes, there sure are. The first step is anyone who's listening, including you, Lori, if you're inspired <laughs> right now, is just sit tall, as tall as you can, wherever you are sitting. Mm-hmm. You can place your feet on the ground. If you're in a wheelchair, you can have your foot in the footrest. And just take a slow, deep breath in through the nose, out through the nose. If that's mm-hmm. not comfortable or your nose is not free through the mouth, but just taking a slow, deep breath and feeling the physical movement of the ribs or the belly or the body or the chest as you breathe. Just start to make that connection of your breath to your body. Mm-hmm. Slow, deep breath in, long breath out. That's yoga. There's simple. You just started yoga. <laughs> so Breath to body connection, slowing the breath down, calming, calms the mind, calms the nerves. A a practical step is, as I mentioned, you can go on my website for some free videos or take a class, but you can start right where you are. If you want to try an exercise, even now, you can just simply inhale, stretch your arms up as high as you can. For some, that'll be just resting your hands on your knees. Some can lift your arms overhead all the way to the sky and just hold the arms up and take a few slow, deep breaths. That's called upward hand pose. You can do that sitting. Normally it's done standing, but you can do it in a chair sitting. After you hold three to five breaths, lower the arms and observe. And you might feel a little more energy, a little stretch to the spine, away from the arms. So you can practically in 30 seconds do a three-round slow breath. Three breaths, stretch the arms up overhead, upward hand pose. And then you can do one more pose. I call this the hugging twist. You just wrap your arms around yourself, one hand to each shoulder. Give yourself a hug, and then just rock the body a little bit side to side. I don't know if you're trying it now, Lori, but it's a gentle upper back twist, and great if you're just at taking a break at the computer to relieve upper back tension. Mm-hmm. So this is a modification. I call this like a chair gentle modification of the full spinal twist. Okay. So these are gentle ways you can start to get mobility to the spine and body just sitting in a chair and you can do that whole sequence in 30 seconds probably. Oh, and that's a great idea. Cause I, I mean, I can feel my, 
my back as tense as it is right now. So, and I didn't try it just because I've got wires and different things right here, and I don't want to be clanking stuff. But um. yeah, well, <laughs> after after the call, yeah. But I can see where that would really really help. Um, and I'm going to have to start instituting something on that order, and and um, like I said, get more into into the practice. I, I'm pretty good with the breathing piece because I find that that brings calm and clarity. Um, okay. And, um, you know, I, I, in fact, when I go out speaking, I, I share, you know, just taking 10 deep breaths for people and, um, you know, kind of in with the new and out with the old. And, um, you know, just like our moms used to say, you know, count to 10 before you react (laughs) and kind of the same thing, except, you know, you get that physiology, um, change going on in the body, um, with those deep breaths Mm -hmm. as well. And, um, you know, yeah, so helpful. Yeah. Really, and, and, you know, and my own mother, for example, who I've mentioned, was diagnosed um, a year and a half ago with Alzheimer's. She specifically, even though she's been a vegetarian 45 years, because my father brought us up yoga and vegetarian diet, which is very helpful. She's not specifically or particularly into chanting or meditation or yoga postures or exercise. So mm-hmm. if people find that this isn't resonant, but they're not into the yoga part of it with chanting or breathing. You still can do a conscious walk, which technically it's not yoga in terms of posture, but if you're able to walk, my mom prefers walking because she likes nature and getting outside in the fresh air. She doesn't like to sit quiet and meditate. Now it is very useful for the brain and the mind to sit still and meditate and concentrate, even if you don't love it. But some people prefer to do, you can do a walking meditation. You can be aware of the breath as you're walking outside or walking in your room or apartment. So not everyone wants to sit still or in a chair if they're able to get up and practice, but you can practice in so many ways. When you're walking to your car or standing in line in an errand, you can be aware of your posture, be aware of the breath. You can practace yoga anywhere, anytime, really. And no one will even know Sitting you're in doing chairs. <laughs> What was that? I said, no one will even know you're doing it. I used to, when I was in real estate, I would close my door and light a candle and I'd put on some meditation um, music in the background and, you know, I would just do my deep breaths and, and that was amazing how that would rejuvenate me in just 10 minutes, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Exactly. They might not, people might not know you're doing it while you're doing it, even Mm -hmm. if you're in a public place, slow breathing, because only, you know, you're concentrating on the breath. But they'll, they'll be affected somehow because if you're more calm, people around you are more calm. You mm-hmm. can handle things more effectively with better focus, more clarity. So everyone does benefit from your individual practice as well because the more calm and centered you are, the more people around you will feel that. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes people subconsciously, you're standing taller, your posture is, is feels healthier, you're more balanced standing, and then people might start to mimic that even subconsciously just being around you they might sit a little taller if you're sitting tall Mm -hmm. so it it helps everyone around you as well okay wonderful um do you have um, maybe a story or two of how you've seen you know using chair yoga um, benefit maybe somebody with dementia in in some of your training sessions and um, maybe they've realized it or, or maybe a care partner or um you know, staff person has noticed a difference in them? Yeah, you know, I see a difference from when I walk in, and I can give individual examples of people told me, as I mentioned, someone, I taught them the Kurtz on Kriya, that Alzheimer's Prevention Foundation 
study, which is actually an ancient yoga chant from Kundalini Yoga, wasn't designed for people with Alzheimer's and dementia, but it happens one of the benefits is to help slow memory. So they did this study to show how it can help. And I teach that, and I, I, people have told me this helps me. I think clearer, I can sleep better, it calms my anxiety, and I love it. But I can see from the beginning of me walking into a class, if everyone stays in a circle, sitting in chairs, some in wheelchairs, I can see from beginning to end how some people are sitting taller, more alert, perhaps interacting a little more. Some people will share with me the benefits, but I can physically see it from beginning to end. And even if, even if it doesn't actually slow the progression of the disease, even for that one hour, people are doing their best to move their body and make a body-mind connection and increase mobility in the body and increase their brain's connectivity to the body. So even in for that hour, if it's helping, I still think it's useful, as well as, again, the social benefits to being in a room with other people and just trying to focus and move. And I see it. I see it firsthand. But personal stories people have shared with me. One woman in a assisted living home told me she has dementia and arthritis. And she told me after taking my class for a few years that she said that it's only during the hour of chair yoga where she doesn't feel pain. She said all the other hours of the day and when she's in a room, she's in severe pain. But she says, for some reason, when I'm here doing the chair yoga, I feel good and I don't feel it. So I do know it's useful. And that could be in part because of the physical chair yoga exercises, but it could also be because of the healing benefits to the support of a group sure. and to her possibly also feeling, um, feeling that, she was productive. She made it to that class. Even though she was in pain, it was difficult. She got there. She made the attempt and she benefits. Even just being there, probably without doing the exercise, she'll feel some benefit. Sure. The support aspect is helpful too. So for sure, definitely firsthand benefits I hear again and again. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Now, um, with your book, what can people expect to find in it? In my book, the, this is the, the edition I have out now. I stopped printing the first edition because this one has more. I have over 200 photos of chair yoga postures and exercises seated and standing. I have sequences you can do. I have brief one-minute meditations. I have the Kirtan Kriya from Alzheimer's Research Prevention Org and how to do that. I even have a small chapter on healthy eating and some vegetarian recipes. So it's basically a full book how to learn chair yoga and you can uh, it's a book not for yoga teachers, not for nurses, not for doctors specifically. It's for anyone who's never even practiced yoga before, who's never done any exercise, and they can learn it just from the book with themselves, for themselves. And some people have told me they bought the book and then shared it with their parent or loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very useful. Some people like visually seeing it in the book format. I just, as of the last month, have a DVD out now that has one to thirty minute, one minute to thirty minute practices that people prefer doing it by watching it on a computer screen or DVD player. And I have some free videos on my website. So those are all tools with a lot of articles and sequences as well. I've written people can download for free from my website. So these are different tools so anyone can learn in the best way for them. We all kind of learn differently. Um, If people are able, taking a class in person is a wonderful way to learn, of course. Mm-hmm. So if it's offered at their local gym or community center, or if they're in assisted living home and they have it in the activities program, they can simply try it and take it. Mm-hmm. If they don't have it, if they're someone's parent or loved one is in an assisted living home and they don't have chair yoga, 
they can suggest it if they can bring in yoga to the program. Sure. Yeah. Why? Absolutely. Often, why not? <laughs> often the, uh, the activity homes don't always the activity programs are say at assisted living homes. Um, they might sometimes have chair exercise or I've seen even like once chair volleyball, chair tai chi, but they don't all know about chair yoga yet. It's getting more and more known that this is even possible that you don't need to get on the ground or stand up to do yoga. Mm-hmm. So it's getting more known, and that's kind of my mission with my chair yoga teacher trainings is to train teachers from all over the world to be able to bring this to their local communities to benefit local hospitals, community centers, Alzheimer's and dementia homes. So, so it, it can be suggested at your local community, even your local library, you can suggest it. We'd love to have chair yoga. Of course, you'll have to find a chair yoga teacher in the area, which is why I'm trying to train more and more of them. But, but, um, but if anyone just wants to share it with their loved one, you don't need to be a formal teacher. Mm-hmm. You can just share it with anyone. Of well, course, that means you have to practice it first and learn it first, which is the benefit for that person as well. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, and one of the things that I like with this is um, it, it can be kind of a go as at, you know at your own pace and stuff too. It doesn't have to be this competitive thing. Um, no. And I like that you've got the book and the DVDs, so it allows people to to learn in different fashions. Um, you know, I, I like both. You know, I probably lean more towards the DVD, actually, than the book okay. um, for, my, for, okay. for myself. But everybody is, I think everybody is different with that. Um, and I think that that's a, that's a good thing in that you wrote the book for the general consumer, not the practitioner. Um, so that we don't, yeah. so that we don't get intimidated by terminology and positioning and, and all of those types of things. That um, it's something that we can understand and put into practice, and aren't going to go, "What the exactly. heck did she mean by that?" You know. Um, no, no. And in my book and, and on the DVD, if I say a, a name of a posture in Sanskrit, which is the language from India, or mm-hmm. um, in Gurmukhi for the Kundalini Yoga, where these. Uh, traditions come from I'll always explain it in English but yoga is universal you don't need to be from a specific culture or know Sanskrit or know anything about um, yoga to start it's universal we're all human beings we're all in a physical body Mm -hmm. we all are breathing or we wouldn't be here right so just with our breath and having a physical body means we all can do yoga and it's accessible to everyone but you just sometimes have to get creative and learn different ways to practice like chair yoga or there's other types of adapted yoga but you just have to get a little creative sometimes making it uniquely appropriate for your specific condition and circumstance okay now your book is available on amazon and um... it's on amazon and i have even easier um sorry to cut you off on my website sunlightchairyoga.com that has my book version. I also have it as an ebook for people who do ebooks. I have a color edition and a regular book for Sunlight Chair Yoga. And I have all three on my website with the DVD, as well as some free videos on the video page on that, and some articles and more about what is chair yoga. I've got a whole bunch on there. But I, the book is on Amazon as well. Okay, wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. And again, people go to sunlightyoga.com. That's sunlightyoga.com or info at sunlightyoga.com. If they'd like to email you, maybe we've got some listeners who are interested in getting some training, um, you know, for their communities or their businesses um, as well. So 
we would love uh yeah. lo love to have them give you a jingle so thank you so yes, much for even mm -hmm. yeah say so even though we're kind of focusing on the benefits to yoga for people with dementia or alzheimer's or caregivers yoga is just as useful for everyone all ages mm -hmm. everyone from children to to seniors so it's it's a universal practice for all human beings okay it's really useful well, thank you, Stacy, for being with us again. And please, again, um, you know, if you're interested in chair yoga, go to sunlightyoga.com. That's sunlightyoga.com. And sun is S-U-N, just so there's no confusion there at all. Um, and uh, there you can get her book. Uh, you can email her and chat with her. Um, or you can look at some of the DVDs or order her DVD. Um, or I should say look at some of her videos or order her DVD as well. So thank you for being with us, Stacey. It was a very enlightening hour. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Lori. And you'll be receiving a DVD yourself in a few days. So I hope you practice and enjoy yourself as well. I can't wait to start. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can probably hear my body scream of tenseness. <laughs> so, <laughs> you'll so, enjoy it, yeah. yeah. Keep me posted how it goes. I will do that. Thank you so much. Um, for our listeners, if you're new to Alive and Social, you might want to check out one of my uh, sidekicks here at uh, at the show. Rachel Perrin is a culinary director for the Kowalski's Market, and she has a show called What's for Dinner Tonight? And she does a podcast averaging only 10 to 15 minutes per episode, and it's perfect if you're hungry and busy and trying to figure out some dinner plans. Um, she'll have some great ideas for you, or you can always go to kowalskis.com for a full seasonal menu suggestions um, as well. And that's K-O-W-A-L-S-K-I-S.com, Kowalskis.com. I would be remiss if I didn't mention our dementia-friendly cruise and conference we're going to be doing in the Caribbean um, November 11th through the 18th. We would love for you to join us. And you can go to alzheimerspeaks.com, go to our projects and initiatives page, and there'll be a tab on your left-hand side that talks all about the cruise. We are lucky to have um, four people living with dementia who are going to be panelists and speaking to us during that cruise. Harry Urban, Michael Ellenbogen, Lori Shear, and Mary Reed. Um, also alongside me uh, facilitating and speaking will be Cindy Lezinski. And um, our travel director is Kathy Schof, and you do have to register through her to be part of the conference, just so, just so you know that. Um, here on Alzheimer Speaks, I also want to let you know all of our shows are archived. We've been doing this for years, so there's tons of listening and learning that you can, uh, you can do here. So please check us out, and again, um, click us and like us and pass that information on to your social media platforms as well. You may want to go to our uh, kind of mothership, alzheimerspeaks.com, and on the homepage you'll also find more information about Dementia Chats. And with Dementia Chats, uh, the last one we did, and these are, these are platforms where I video interview um, experts living with dementia. We talked about how they want to be communicated with. And um, we had a really interesting conversation, as we do every time. These are free. They're about an hour long. But both family and professionals have just raved about this platform. And we would love for you to go ahead and, and tap into that. There is also on our blog, um, we've got an, an ode to caregivers. Um, there's a couple of new trials you will be able to find. 
And uh, there's also 20% off the new 6th edition of the 36-hour day that you can take advantage of. Um, let me see. One last thing I want to mention, the Caregiver Alert Center. If you um, have a loved one with dementia, you may want to go to the caregiveralertcenter.com forward slash caregiver, and you can actually um, sign your loved one up and get a 10% discount if you use the code ALZ Speaks Promo 10. ALZ Speaks Promo 10. And uh, you can go to our blog and get specific information on that uh, too. Thanks so much, and we will talk to you all soon. Have a wonderful day. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Way Showers who will help your journey a lot easier.